0: You are listening to your blessed life podcast. This is episode number 32 with special guest Aaron Walker, blessed nation. Today's interview, we're going to talk about things from tragedy to significance. I know tragedy sounds like something you wouldn't ever want to talk about, but let me ask you a question. You ever felt like you're just doing everything right in life and all of a sudden tragedy happens? Well, if it has, have you asked yourself, why did it happen? How does God allow something like that to happen? I know those are questions that I've asked myself over the years. Those are questions that we dig deep into with this conversation with Aaron. He's got a story that will truly bless you. We also talk about on the other end of the spectrum, significance and specifically, does your life have significance? I mean, what does a life of significance look like? Those are some of the questions that Aaron and I were talking about. Aaron's going to lay out these three bullets for us that talks about how meeting the needs of others actually creates significance in our own life. Plus Nation, that is just a taste of some of the many things that Aaron and I talk about on episode 32. I can't wait to share them with you. Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life with your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Well, welcome to the show. If you're already part of Blessed Nation... I want to congratulate you and welcome you. And if you're not, I want to invite you to stop by yourblessedlife.com and join us for regular insights, teachings, and maybe even a few resources that I hope will bless your life. So I want to invite you to join Blessed Nation today. Hey, it's Jay Marsh here. It's great to be with you today. And I want to welcome you to Your Blessed Life. Well, I'm excited about a guest I want to share with you folks today. And in this episode, I want to welcome to the show, Aaron Walker. Aaron, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me on Your Blessed Life, man. What a blessing it is to be here today.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you. It's an honor to get to have you on the show and to connect with you, maybe in a little bit different way than the typical audience gets to hear Aaron Walker, because Bless Nation, I want to share just a little bit with you about Aaron, and then I want him to uh, come back and and maybe give us some some fun facts before we take a deep dive into his walk in Christ. But Aaron's from Nashville. If you couldn't tell by his Southern (laughs) draw, listen, I don't have an accent.
1: (laughs) You do. And you know, this guy from New York called me yesterday and he goes, man, you got an accent. I said, you're from the Bronx and you're telling me I've got an accent. We started laughing. We had a good time with
0: it. Oh, those are two accents that I love. I love the Bronx. I love that Nashville accent. And I suspect, of course, I don't hear it, but I may have a Texas accent, but I, I love the accent, brother. Uh, That's cool, man. Thank you. I love it. So being from Nashville, I know you've been married for, what, 36 years? Is that right, Aaron?
1: Yeah, 36 years. 37's around the corner.
0: Oh, man, that's awesome. And that, being a, a Christian marriage coach, when I see that, when I hear that, Aaron, just that says volume. So just a sidebar there. But I know that you've got a beautiful family. You've got two daughters. You've got five grandkids. And here's something that I just recently learned about you and and I don't know that you realize we kind of have this connection but it's so so cool to me. So you have a construction background, right?
1: Yeah, well that's one of the companies that we've owned. Yes.
0: Was that it residential or commercial?
1: It was both. We had okay. small small commercial and high-end residential.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's so interesting because I am a real estate entrepreneur and I have a commercial development and construction background. In fact, I still do that to this day actively. And it's something I've done since I was, well, in one form or another, I've done since I was 19 years old. I just, real estate is one of those things that connects with me. So we we have that common thread. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, one of the other things, Bless Nation, that I want to share with you about Aaron is not only is he a successful businessman and have quite an array of businesses that he's had in his life to date, But he's also a life coach. And being a coach myself, I understand the value of contributing to someone's life that Aaron has. And, you know, there's something that I I know that you like to do, Aaron, and it it leads to a question. I know that you like to incorporate just education and, and learning opportunities into your daily life, into your daily routine. And I wanted to ask you, how has that... How, does, how has that positioned you to live a life of, a, of accomplishment and even a life of significance? Yeah,
1: that's a great question, Jay. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for having me on the show and those kind things that you said about me. The best thing you said about me was that 36 year marriage and those five grandkids. That's why I get up every day, but that's, uh, that's a part of my bio that I love. The personal development side to me is, uh, absolutely a must. Um, every day starts out that way and we can kind of get into rituals and routines and productivity schedules and all that if you would like, but I started In mastermind groups over two decades ago. So every week for two decades, I've been in a mastermind group or an accountability group to where it pushes us for personal development. And they say that leaders are readers. And Mm -hmm. that is absolutely the truth. I don't know how many books I've read over the past two decades, but it have served me well. You know, you don't go to bed at night and wake up the next day, Jay Smarter, right? Through osmosis, we don't gain all this wisdom and experience. But not just through reading, but it's through TED Talks, blogs, great podcasts like Your Blessed Life, you know, that you listen to that takes you to the next level. But reading is just a passion of mine. I almost consider it a hobby as well as for personal development. But I think it's essential and the main book is the Bible. It's the guidebook. It's got all the answers. And I start out with it first every morning, five days a week, sitting in my sunroom up early every morning. I get up between four and five o'clock every morning. And I spend the first hour to hour and a half in prayer, meditation, scripture, reading, praise and worship time. It's just a time to get my day centered. Mm -hmm. And I literally do that five days a week, Saturday
0: and Sunday. I don't, but Five days a week, I do that. I love that. And and I love the fact that you have an intentional, specific routine that guides the rest of your day, it sets the tone for the rest of your day. Yeah.
1: You know, one of the most important times in that, and a lot of people would say, well, it's reading the word, and it is, but the best time for me, the time when God speaks the most is when I'm quiet. And it's very difficult because I'm an overachiever. You know, I'm a creator developer. I love to make things happen. But God says he speaks to us in a small, still voice. And if we're on the Internet or on the phone or we're talking or praying or asking or reading scripture or doing praise and worship, sometimes we may miss that small, still voice that he promises us. And for the first 15 or 20 minutes of every morning, I just sit and am quiet and I just listen. And it's been one of the most productive times of my day.
0: I love that you mentioned that. And I'll tell you what it makes me think of, Aaron. It makes me think of 36, almost 37 years of marriage for you. And I'll tell you why, because as a marriage coach, I'm programmed to pull those nuggets out that resonate in my couples coaching. And what makes couples successful in their relational walk is communication. And it made me think about what you just said about. Not only reading God's word, not only praying to God, but being quiet and being still and listening for his reciprocity, listening for his response, listening for his side to communicate with you because it's a two-way dialogue.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He's got much more important things to say
0: than I do, and I need to be listening. Amen. Well, I love that we have already begun this walk. And that's what I'm excited about, Bless Nation, to really get to know about you, Aaron Walker. And that's from the inside out as we talk about your daily, your personal walk in Christ. And so I almost just want to ask your permission first if that's okay with you. Yeah, if, if absolutely. We take that man, walk.
1: This is okay. the most important part of life, right here. So
0: absolutely awesome. Well, on on this this platform of the show, Aaron, we we talk about these three areas, these three major pillars of life. And it has to do with faith, hope, and promise. And then at the end, we sprinkle in a few nuggets of wisdom. And so to kick off this three-pronged approach to your blessed life, with each struggle or with each challenge in our life comes this opportunity for God to do a mighty work in our life. And so I want to ask you, Aaron, if you would tell us about a time when your faith was stretched, Maybe a time when you were even in that proverbial pit.
1: Yeah. I got to take you back and give you a little backstory. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely. Please.
1: So I started really, really young working 13 years old, fell in love with the business. I was in at 18 years old, went out and found a couple of partners that had money because we didn't have any, went into business very successful, sold out to a Fortune 500 company nine years later when I was 27. So I was like done. I was finished. And I thought, well, this is the American dream. I mean, this is like utopia. Until 18 months later, I was waking up uh, bored. Uh, I had no purpose. I had no meaning. I'd gained 50 pounds in 18 months. And Robin goes, this is not the guy I married. And I said, well, I don't have any reason to get up. She said, you got to get a job. You got to open another company, do something. So I did bought the company I started with, spent the next 10 years building a very successful company. We increased it four times the size it was when I started. Then I was 41 years old, Jay, and things were good. I go to our church on Wednesday mornings then, and I'd pray with our pastor, pray for our families and our church. There was about five of us that got together in his office About 7.30 on a Wednesday morning, August 1st, 2001, and I jump in the car and I'm headed to the office and a pedestrian was crossing the street to catch a bus, didn't look my way, and I ran over and killed a pedestrian on my way to the office just after I'd left church. And I won't take you through all the details of that, but I'm like, are you serious, God? I mean, what is this about? I mean, my whole life is... Utopia, you know, my family's good, business is great, my kids are wonderful. I mean, come on. I mean, I just left church, right? Right. (laughs) It's like, Mm. and it was horrific. I can't even begin to explain to you what I went through. I retired at that point. I sold the business. I took five years off. I didn't work. I sold the business. We traveled. I built another house, kind of changed the scenery a little bit. And uh, I just, didn't get it. I just, I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't understand how you allowed something like this to happen in my life when things were so good. And I think God taught me a lot through that, that we don't have time to go over everything. But one of the things that he taught me in that Jay was that I had had great success financially. I mean, we had all the stuff and I don't want to make light of stuff i like stuff i like nice things and i can't stand it when people with money go money's not important i want to go you liar it is important of course it is (laughs) let's don't make it god don't make it your every thought don't make it your central focus but don't minimize it either it's very important plus i enjoy it i like to take trips and have nice things so there's nothing wrong with making money but my sole focus had been on making money We had the place, you know, at the beach and we had later a place in the mountains and then we had a big house and I had all this stuff. What I didn't have was significance and God laid on my heart. What if that had been you that day? What if you had crossed the street in Nashville and got run over and killed? What would your legacy have been? And I started feeling guilty. I'm like, it would have been, he came from a family that was very poor very humble family. And he made a lot of money early. He had the stuff and he died. And I started thinking, <laughs> man, how selfish can that be? And I started praying, God, how can I be significant? What can I do in other person's lives? So fast forward four years later, almost five years, my wife said, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time to go back to work. So we went in the construction business, the company that built my house. We bought into that and. We went on to build it to number one builder three consecutive years in middle Tennessee. We really did well with it. And then I turned 50 and I retired. Finally, I thought for good. And God taught me in that, man, you need to be significant at whatever you do. You need to look outward. You need to be a giver. You need to help. You need to help other people achieve their goals and their dreams. And, I told you earlier, I've been in mastermind groups for two decades. The first uh, mastermind group I was in, Dave Ramsey started it in his office here in Nashville. And he invited me to be a part of that. So for 10 or 12 years, we met in Dave's office with other Nashville, you know, notable Nashvilleians that you would know, you would recognize their name. But they encouraged me to coach. They said, you need to coach. I said, I'm not coaching anybody. Dan Miller's in there. And he said, listen, come do Innovate. And uh, let's see how you like it. I loved it. It was unbelievable. Dave Ramsey said, hey, at my gift, come do Entree Leadership Mastery Series. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. It's a $10,000 gift. I'll take you up on it. So I went and did it and loved it. And Dan Miller texted me one night on my way home. And he goes, Averne, people were leaning in listening to your stories because you have experience, 12 businesses. You've been married 30 plus years. You need to coach. And so I started coaching And now, Jay, we have national and international clients and seven mastermind groups that I facilitate. And the sole theme for what we do is how to be successful and significant. And we spend 50% of our time being successful and 50% of our time being significant. You can achieve both. And that's what God taught me out of that horrific automobile accident. It's always easy to look back and connect the dots. You can never look forward and connect the dots. Right. And now I see what God was teaching me through that.
0: Yeah, that's wild, Aaron. As I, I look back at when we were just starting this little visit here and those two words that I just plucked out of the air and God put in my, my heart. And that is accomplishment and significance, not knowing that we were going to hit the nail on the head with significance. And it's how those struggles, how that tragedy My goodness, that's a tragedy. Create significance. So I want and you mentioned a few things, but I want to come back to those because if I'm listening to this and I and I will listen to this so I can have a out of microphone experience. But when you think of significance in your life, what Mm. does a significant life look like to Aaron Walker? Just a couple of things.
1: Yeah, that's something that I had to identify in my own mind. It's funny that you're even asking about that because a lot of people don't even know what that means. And I can identify success and significance and what God has laid on my heart, but that maybe is not necessarily what may be significant to you, right? We can't overlay this and say, this covers everyone. But for me, significance means meeting the needs of others. It's looking outward, not inward. And one of the things that I learned to do through this process was learn to fully engage people listen intently like I had to learn to stop waiting my turn to talk and I had to look people in the eye and I had to give them what they needed and that was an ear that was to listen that was to engage and also as a business person I'm always looking for advantage because I'm an entrepreneur but significance to me means helping others when they can't repay you And you go, uh oh, well, that that's stung. Well, the truth is, oftentimes we do things with motives for our benefit. But what we look for is to be able to help people anonymously that don't even know that we're doing it, that can't do anything for me. Now I know I've been significant to them. I also want to be available to others when it's not convenient. Because I know oftentimes we use the excuse, oh, I'm busy. Well, we're all busy. Who's not busy? If you're getting it done, you're busy. So you've got to take time for other people, even when it's not convenient. The other thing that we've done in all of our businesses, and I want to continue to do today, even in this interview, even in my business, is I want to provide above the minimal requirements. I don't want to just show up and do just enough to get paid or do just enough to get by. I think to be significant, we've got to provide above the minimal requirements to everybody. Then when you have a little bit of money, people say, well, you should give money. And I'm like, don't should on me. I want to give money because God laid it on my heart. I want to be obedient and I want to be significant in the life of others, not because I should, but because I want to. And then a couple other things for me and significance is placing personal wants and desires aside for the benefit of others. And you go, Oh man, well that stung too. Well, we're selfish and I am selfish by nature and each and every day I've got to think, I wonder what I could do for other people. And I'm going to tell you something, Jay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I got that all figured out because I'm carnal and, I rise up sometimes and put my desires and wants ahead of other people. And I say, God, don't allow me to do it. It's it's not easy. I don't want to sit here today and say, I got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I got to give it to God every day because that old carnal flesh rises up each and every day. But I've learned to prioritize my goals with other people in mind. And I've learned to delay gratification for the greater advancement of others, because oftentimes I know that I could go do this and it would gratify me. But if I set that aside and delay that gratification for the greater good, it has great meaning and advancement for others. And then I want to have foresight to invest long-term that could potentially impact generations to come. And if I have that sight in mind, the ripple effect will be immeasurable. So for me, that's kind of what significance means.
0: The first thing that comes to mind is wow. Not because I'm, Impressed. I am impressed. But wow, because the way you have dialed in two direct opposing things on one side, you have self and on one side, you have significance. And those two are a lot like oil and water. They don't mix well. In fact, it makes me think about a question that I often ask folks that I'm coaching. And I ask them this, are you living a life of self? Are you living your life for self or for Christ? And when I hear you talk about significance and I hear these three major points that you talked about helping when it's not convenient, helping when there's not a, not an expected return and doing more than what's minimally required. I mean, I'll, I'll ask this to bless nation. Does that sound like a life focused on self or does that sound like a life focused on significance? so it's it's like a charge, it's like a mantra, and it's like what you said so well, Aaron. It's not that you are all that in a box of chocolates, but that is your personal charge that is the direction that you are walking and and I love that God has blessed you with that kind of wisdom because that's what fulfills us in life.
1: you know what Jay, I want to point out to you know I'm soon to be fifty six years old lot of businesses, lot of years behind me. And I just want to tell you guys, it's a daily surrender. It's not like one day utopia happens and you got it figured out and you're clicking your heels and all is good, man. There's trials, tribulations, temptations. There's opportunities to do things you shouldn't. There's opportunities to look at things you shouldn't. There's opportunities to say things you shouldn't and you got to stay in the word every single day to have the strength to combat that. You can't just get up one day and go, "Okay, I've got it all covered." That's the reason I have accountability groups. I I meet with three men every Friday morning. I've been doing that almost 30 years that hold me accountable, that ask me the tough questions, that say, are you honoring Robin? Are you in the word? Are you being honorable and true at your company? Are you witnessing? Are you being a disciple? Are you, et cetera, you fill in the blanks. And I know I'm going to get asked those questions. And I don't want to go in there and go, you know what? I've run off the road. I'm in the ditch. I've not done the right things. I'm not in the word. And they're like, why? We got to have people around us to hold our arms up. we got to have people to edify us, to encourage us. We've got to have people around us that are non-biased. We got to subject ourselves to the scrutiny of other people because other people see you differently than you see yourself and we've got to have a team around us because there's wisdom in the counsel of the multitudes and if you don't get people around you you're left to your own devices and i'm telling you the enemy to excellence is isolation got to get people around
0: you oh that is say that isolation that's one of the devil's footholds that's one of his tricks that's one of his arrows that he pulls out of his quiver as he starts to shoot, shoot at you and to kill that faith as he wants to put you into doubt, worry, fear and isolation. I'm so glad that you mentioned that isolation. And I'm so glad, Aaron, that you were willing to share that, man, that vulnerable story. And yet you looked at it and I think you said it, God put it on your heart to look at it in a way of how can this be a blessing even in the midst of a crazy difficult time how can this bless your life how can this honor me and how can this be a blessing to others and i think we scratched the surface on that when we talked about significance
1: yeah here it is jay romans 828 right it's hard to see it when you're in the midst of it but he said all things and so hey guys if you're down right now if you're financially distraught if your marriage is on the rocks if you've got a health concern Go read Romans 8, 28, if you're a believer. And I'm just telling you, hang on to it because God's going to use it in a mighty way.
0: Amen. And I love, Aaron, how God uses our struggles in a mighty way. And I've I've learned that these seasons of struggle, of incredible struggle, are an opportunity for, you know, as that scripture in Psalm says, for the joy to come in the morning. So that's kind of a good transition for us to talk about hope. And praise God that we have that ultimate hope in Him. But as it relates to your hope, I want to ask you if you would tell us about a time in your life where your faith positioned you for a renewed hope and maybe even a breakthrough. Kind of, you know, we talked about that proverbial pit just a while ago. So maybe a moment of from the pit to the palace. I want to hear about a breakthrough that God ushered in your life, Aaron?
1: Yeah, God did it through a guy named James Ryle. You may or may not know who that is. He was in our mastermind group. He was a speaker. He was with Promise Keepers for a long time. He traveled all over the world. One of the best storytellers I've ever heard in my entire life. The guy was phenomenal. He passed away a couple of years, but he met with us for probably a decade in our mastermind group. And there was a time in my life, Jay, and we don't have time to go into this story, but man, I mean, I was down and out. I could not get over it. I don't care what I did, how much I prayed. I don't care what I was around. I don't care who was around me. I was in the pit. I mean, it was bad. You ever been there, Jay? I mean, it was like, what do I do? And so I talked about this all the time in our mastermind group. I mean, all the time. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And this is where I'm at and I'm stuck. And I don't know. I was just marred up in the pit. And so it was a Saturday morning we never talked to each other. The mastermind guys didn't on the weekends. We respected everyone's privacy and we, you know, met on Wednesdays and we encouraged one another through the week, but we always extended privacy on the weekends. So we didn't call, email, talk to anybody on the weekends. But I was at Ace Hardware in Hendersonville, right outside of Nashville where I live. It's about nine o'clock in the morning. I looked at my phone and it vibrated and I looked down at it and it was James Ryle. And I thought to myself, This is going to be really good or really bad. (laughs) I don't know which. Mm -hmm. And so I answered it, and I said, yeah, James. And he said, uh, Aaron, he said, how you doing, brother? And I said, I'm doing good. He said, I was praying this morning, and God gave me a word for you. And I thought, man, this guy can almost walk on water. I mean, this (laughs) is going to be, like, prophetic. And I was so excited. And so I said, well, hold on a minute. I'm inside of Ace Hardware. Let me go outside in the parking lot, you know, where I can hear you. So I walked out there and I I braced myself. I mean, literally, like I was excited. Like I knew this was going to be good. And I said, okay, James. All right, I'm I'm outside. What is it, buddy? He said, well, here's the truth. And I said, okay. And I'm like, seriously, you know how your saliva glands get going when you're about to eat a piece of pecan pie? that's the way I felt. And he goes, you're wearing the hell out of everybody in our group. And I just sat there and I started laughing and I went, what, what? He goes, you just talk about this over and over and over. And we're sick of hearing about it. And I started laughing and tried to make a joke at it. Well, he didn't laugh. And I'm like, James, are you just teasing? No, I'm not teasing. He said, this is ridiculous. He said, this morning, I was reading in the book of Isaiah where God said, it's time to take the chains from around your neck and move on. He goes, I got to go, brother. I love you. And hung up, man, I could have bit a nail in two. I was so mad. I said, he screwed up my whole weekend and he's, and then I started thinking and God says, uh, -uh. he loves you and he loves you enough to tell you the truth. And I'm going to tell you something, Jay, it changed my life. I was able to draw a line in the sand, put a stake in the ground and said, today, I'm going to give this up and move on. So he loved me enough to push me off the cliff and he got my attention. See, if he hadn't invested 10 years with me, he didn't have permission to do that. That's why it's so important to have mastermind groups and accountability groups, people that love you, that will encourage you. People that didn't know me wouldn't have called and told me that. And where would my life have ended? What would I have been doing today had he not love me enough to tell me the truth. And God used him in a mighty way
0: to turn me around. So Aaron, I suspect it was your words that changed that situation. Was it? So what happened after that? What, what got you out of that uh, place?
1: Well, I, I just said, I can sit here and cry. And I can stick my thumb in my mouth and crawl underneath my desk and I can get in a fetal position and pull the cover up. And what is that going to change? Right. It's not going to change one thing. And then I said, I've got to take personal responsibility. I've got to look forward. Paul said to look forward, press on, forget what is behind. And that's what I did. And God just used James to push me in a direction that I needed to go. He got me unstuck.
0: Well, it took your focus off of where it was me. and on to where it needed <laughs> it to be. It took it off of me where it needed to be taken off of. I love how we get to see a, a story of faithfulness to God show up in a story like that. And it's so reassuring, at least it is for me, that when life happens and we're in a a, a place where we feel stuck, that God is willing and able to show up. Maybe it's through a friend. Maybe it's through a, a spouse, a family member, a pastor, a podcast, but God is willing and able to show up in our life in a big and mighty way, just like he did for you.
1: God loves you too much to leave you marred in the clay. He just does. And he's going to use you if you allow yourself to be subjected to the scrutiny of others and you allow yourself to be in a position that you can be coached and trained. Now, if you don't do that, if you put up your guard and you say, I'm not letting anybody in, you leave the facade up, no one can penetrate that. But listen, we need to be transparent. That's where strength begins is when you're honest, you're authentic, and the veil comes down and you say, how do you see me? How can you help me? How can I do better? When you have that mindset, then God can do mighty things in your life. Hold on a minute, Aaron. I'm taking notes.
0: (laughs) Wow. You
1: know, Jay, I'll tell you one of the things that we do in our community, man, and it was difficult. Last January, the theme for the month was authenticity. Right. How to be authentic. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm talking to a lot of people are going to hear this over and over and over. Do a personal assessment. Ask yourself, what is my identity? What are my ideals? What are my relationships about? What is my career about my faith, my family? Do I even wrote a document called personal assessment that walks you through that? I'm going to give it to your audience at the end of the show. So you guys can take that for free and download it and take the assessment yourself. And you got to go, am I the real deal? Am I being authentic? And what I teach the guys that I'm around, we only need one guy to show up. It doesn't matter where you're at or who you're with. If you're at home with your wife, you need to be watching the same things on TV as if you're in a hotel alone. If you're saying something, you don't mind if children are present, women are present, or men are present. It doesn't matter. If you're out and about, I'll tell you a quick story, Jay. This is kind of funny. Robin and I went on a cruise and we came back off the cruise and we were at South beach in Miami. And I said, Hey, my schedule's open next week. Why don't we stay here another week? And she said, Oh, I'm all about that. And all I said, right. okay. So we got a hotel and we stayed. And the next day we were walking the boardwalk at South beach. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but there are all these stores are down through there and I'm holding hands with Robin and we're walking down through there. And this girl walks out of one of the stores And this girl's a 15 on a one to 10. I'm just being honest with you. God was good to her, but she had fewer clothes on than there is cotton in an aspirin bottle. I mean, this girl may as well not had anything on and man, it was uncomfortable. It was like, oh my gosh, God rapture her, take her away, let her disintegrate, do something. It was uncomfortable. This girl's right in front of me. It seemed like an eternity. And finally, she turned and walked off. Robin hadn't said a word. I hadn't said a word. I'm looking up in the sky and I'm looking around, you know. And finally, Robin goes, I have a question. And I went, oh, no. I said, Robin, are you serious? And she goes, no, I'm OK. I'm OK. And I started laughing. Anytime I think I'm in trouble, I start laughing. And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm Seriously, I'm OK. I'm good. I'm good. But I do have a question. And I thought, OK, here we go. OK, what is it, Robin? She said, if I hadn't have been with you. Would you have looked again? And I went, oh, no, Robin, are you serious? You're asking me that? She said, yeah, I want to know. I said, you know what? My flesh would have wanted to look again, but my heart wants to be for you. But the truth is men were creative visual and I would have wanted to look again. That's the truth. So she didn't say anything else. That was all she said. So we get home a week later. We're sitting in our sunroom. She said, "I have another comment about that girl in Florida." I said, "Are you serious? Are we going to bring this later. up again?" It was a week. She goes, "No, I want to. I want to tell you something." And I said, "Okay, here we go, boy. I'm getting nervous again. My palms are sweating." She said, "I want you to know that I'm making a commitment to pray for your eyes every day. So let me tell you something, Jake. That's given me more strength as a man than any." Things you could have possibly said, because now when I have that temptation, when I see that girl, I think I got a wife at home on her knees praying for my eyes and it gives me strength And the more you do that, the more you hear that, the more you talk about it. And guys, I know that's an uncomfortable topic to talk to your wife about. And women, I know that's very difficult to talk to your husband about, but if you can have that open dialogue, maybe one time and just commit ladies to praying for your husband's eyes, I promise you the strength he will give you, uh, that God will give you to work through that. And the strength men that God gives you as a result of that, the dividends are huge.
0: Well, it sounds like Robin's got a little bit of wisdom herself. So she reminds me of scripture because now she is for you and not against you. She is looking for a way to bless you and to move you forward instead of cram you down in a box and put her finger yep. on you and judge you and call you out.
1: Yeah, Robin's my biggest advocate. She's been my biggest supporter. She was 15. I was 16 when we started dating and we got married. I was 19. She was oh. 18 and she's been right by my side the whole time my biggest advocate my biggest supporter number 1
0: in my life i love that you know when i think of support i think of and you mentioned a good one a while ago i think of the promises of god how they support our lives like a like a spouse supports us it's that those promises that we can come back to in scripture that erase all the lies of Satan. And so when you think about scripture, Aaron, when you think about promises that are in scripture. I know we talked about Romans just briefly, Romans 8:28 while ago, and then we can talk about that one again. But what's one promise in scripture that's speaking to you in your life right now?
1: Yeah. There's uh someone said one time, well, that was a good verse. I said, well, which one is a bad verse? <laughs> well, they're all good, right? They're right. divinely appointed by God. But one that kind of sticks out is Proverbs three, six, remember the Lord and all you do and he will give you success. That doesn't mean he's going to give you money. It says he's going to give you success and that's measured in many, many ways. And so that's a promise there's tons of promises, but That's one I can hang on to.
0: You know why I like that one so much, Aaron, is because, and this is true for all types, but for strivers, men and women that are strivers and pursuers and they're they're just get it done, folks, it gives you permission almost to pursue success, but with the understanding that you need to remember the Lord first in all you do. And as a result yeah, of that, the, you'll get success.
1: You will. Here's the thing, Jay. First of all, we've got to take a mindset that we're not owners anyway. We're stewards over what God's entrusted us. It's his. Not, not 10% of it, 100% of it, right. because we're joint heirs to the King. And he says that I'm going to give you this. We'll see how you're a steward and even go back to the talents, the way God gave those out. You know, let's see if you can handle a little. And if you can handle a little, I may entrust more to you. There's greater responsibility to those that he's entrusted greater things to. Your mindset has got to shift from mine to his. And it is I am a steward over what he's entrusted me, then it's a lot easier to say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Whether it be my time or my resources. It's yours and I want to be obedient in how you want me to steward over what you've entrusted me.
0: You are a steward and not an owner. If I if I was a tweeter, that would be a tweetable. <laughs> well tweet it, baby. Tweet it <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, blessed nation, God knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows Aaron's heart. He knows your heart. He knows the stuff that's going on in your life. And he is here. He is with you. He wants you to know that you can stand on his promises, just like Aaron is standing on Proverbs 3, 6. That's the place that you can come back to for his truth. Amen for that. Well, Aaron, I want to transition into kind of the final segment of the show. And it's it's a nugget of wisdom round ironically, not ironically, but fittingly, we're just talking about the wisdom book of the Bible in, in Proverbs. And that's why I created this, sh- this little segment, Aaron, is because Proverbs is my book. That's my book.
1: It's a good one. 31 a, chapters, one it, for every day. It
0: is a good one. And so that's why I wanted to wrap the show's pillars up in a nice, neat bow with the wisdom of God. So I got a few kind of short, punchy questions for you that all relate to wisdom. And the first one is this, big or small, will you share something with us that's on your heart that you're grateful for and that you're praising God for?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of funny that you asked that question. A guy asked that question on Facebook this morning, one of the groups I was in, and uh, I replied back, I'm grateful to have a platform. And I know at first you might take that as – Oh, he thinks he's something. I, I don't think I'm something. Uh, leaders and influencers want a platform, they want to be able to share. And I want to share God's grace, His mercy. I want to share the right way to do things because I screwed it up early on and I don't want other guys to go through that. I'm very grateful to have a platform. I'm very grateful to have an audience that's listening to this interview. I'm very grateful to have men all over the world that we can impact and we're helping ordinary men become extraordinary. And I'm very grateful to have a
0: platform. I love that. And that almost could be an answer to this next question, but I'll let you decide. What's one way that you like to be a blessing to others? Yeah, there's
1: a great book that Adam Grant wrote called Givers and Takers. We're one of the other. And when I'm interviewing men to join our community or our mastermind group, I'm looking for givers. One thing that will get you out of our group and not into our group is to ask all the questions about how the group is going to benefit them. And if in the interview I never hear what they're going to add or they're going to bring, it eliminates you from joining our group. Because I want a group of givers. Because if you have a giving mentality, the natural reciprocity, you'll have all you want and need will come back to you through that natural reciprocity if you're a giver. And so that's what
0: we look for. And that's the answer to my question. Sow and reap, baby. Sow and reap. I love that. Well, I got a couple more for you, Aaron. So what is one thing that you do? And you've said this, so you've alluded to it without me asking this question. So feel free to to uh, go right back to him when you hear this. But what's one thing that you do regularly, daily to further your walk, to strengthen your walk in Christ?
1: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the interview as far as uh, here's the thing, too. I'm not legalistic. God's grace is sufficient to cover all. And as you said in James, it says that I know your heart. That's what God said. And I do get up on a regimented schedule every day, and I do go through. I have two prayer lists. I pray for all my family members by name, and I pray for all my clients that I'm coaching because I want God to give me the wisdom I need to help them make decisions. Because (laughs) believe it or not, Jay, some people do what I say, and I want to be sure I'm hearing the right things in order to coach them and help them through their life and how they can become extraordinary and i do think that consistency is very important i do think a regiment is important because if we sporadically do things uh, eventually it's easy to not do it the next time oh yeah i'll just go ahead this one time well that makes the next time easier and then before long, you're in a habit of not doing anything. So for me, and I'm going to tell you the truth, I don't get up every day clicking my heels, can't wait to get in the word. I feel some days I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> some days it's just like I read and I got nothing. And I'm just telling you the truth. I'm like, man, I might as well not read. And other days, I'll be honest, today was an exceptional day because I had some things on my mind. And I really gave them to the Lord. So I'm just going to say, just because you do that every day, don't mean God's sending down angels sitting on your shoulders and it's going to make your day just sparkly white. That's not, it's just not reality. That's just not the truth. But the thing is, is if I miss and I don't read and I miss again, I don't read next thing, you know, three weeks from now, I'm not reading any. And I think that we need to be very regimented. We need to – for me, it's early. For some of you, it may be late. To me, I'm tired when I get home because I give it all I got when I'm at work. And so at night, I'm like toast. I'm done. I'm I'm shot. Everything – and I I can't. I want to give God what I feel like is my personal best, and I feel like I'm sharpest in the morning. My mind is not – Tattered with emails and problems and I feel like, you know what, God's mean to you, I don't cut on my computer until I get through. I don't check emails. I don't check anything. I don't do anything. And I feel like for me, God says, give me your first fruits. And I don't think that means just money. And I do that every morning.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing with us the importance for you of setting the stage and establishing that path each and every day. And I'm not surprised that you talked about regiment. I was kind of hoping that you would because we either have a conscious regiment or an unconscious one in and where we have a regiment that we are not even realizing that we're part of.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like uh, indecision. You've made a decision not to make a decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and it's and that's the not same thing. Talk. That's true.
0: Right. <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, a while ago you mentioned a book and I want to I want to kind of hone in on a book. So. I know you're a reader because you told us. I am a reader. I love to read books. There's one book I like especially, which you've alluded to. Actually, you said earlier, the good book. But a book that was written in today's time, a book that has blessed some area of your life. It has a Christ-centered focus. But it can be on anything, your faith, your relationships, your business, your money, your kiddos, whatever, any christ center book that comes to mind that you'd like to share with us here?
1: You know, there's some books that are secular in nature that have a Christian overture, maybe not blatantly Christian. And I want to mention a couple of books that you're not going to find on the Christian bookshelf, but it made a huge impact in my life. Is that okay? Can I deviate just a little bit from your question? I think we try to do too much in life and it stresses us out. I think that we chase the shiny object syndrome, you know, where we're like squirrels every time something flashes, we run over there. And I think that, that can hamper our Christian walk as well as our success in business. I think that we've got to be really, really careful to hyper-focus. There's two books that come to mind. One of them is called Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Greg masterfully lays out in the book how to be, an inch wide and a mile deep. And most people are an inch deep and a mile wide. They try to do 15 things and they don't have the bandwidth and they get tired and they give up And every area of their life, including their spiritual walk suffers as a result of it. I interviewed Cody Foster recently. Cody owns a company in Topeka, Kansas called Advisors XL. And not to boast or bring up big numbers, but just to show you what an intense amount of focus will do. Cody started that business 11 years ago. Doesn't even matter what they do. But when he started it, he said, we're only going to do these three things and we're going to stay focused on these three things. I interviewed him a couple of months ago, and they just passed five and a half billion dollars in revenue by focusing on those three things. Well, that's a very exaggerated example, but we can do that in our personal lives. We try to do too much. We need to focus on a few things and do them really, really well. Essentialism helps with that. The other thing is a plan. We've got to strategically have a plan. We talked about motivation a little earlier and motivation is an exhaustible resource. You can't stay amped up and hyped up and motivated, but so long you'll flame out. You'll be like a bottle rocket without a stick. You'll spew around everywhere and you won't go anywhere. And there's a book that Brian Moran wrote called the 12 week year. And in that he also lays out a plan that you can have. 12 weeks, extremely focused, and get more accomplished than you will in an annual plan. And you can do that four times a year. See, what delays us is procrastination. And we say, well, if we don't get it done this quarter, we'll get it done next quarter. And next quarter, we'll get it done the third quarter. And third quarter, well, I didn't do good, but I'll get it accomplished in the fourth quarter. Well, with a 12 week year, every hour counts. There's lead indicators. There's lag indicators. If we focus on the task, the goal will take care of itself. And Brian does a really good job of laying that out. You can apply that to business. You can apply that to personal and you can apply that to spiritual. And if you'll get those two books, I think it'll
0: radically change your life. Yeah, I love this. So on that last book, so we talked about givers and takers and we talked about essentialism. Was there a third one? The 12 week year. 12 week year. Okay. Brian Moran. Good deal. I have not heard, I've heard of essentialism. I have not heard of givers and takers, but the 12 week year, 12 week year by Brian Moran. That sounds really good. It's a game changer. I'll I'll link these up. Uh, Bless nation. I'll put these in the show notes because I know that, that, you know, that readers are leaders. And, you know, I first heard this whole notion of readers, are leaders years and years ago by this back then he was an old dude to me, this guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he said, he said this and I'll never forget it. He was standing in front of a room with you know, lots and lots of people. And he said, you're going to be the same person in five years as you are today, except for these two things, the people you meet and the books you read. So West Nation, it's no secret that readers are leaders. I mean, just listen to what Aaron's telling us and the importance and the the value that we get. From reading. I think it helps us to focus. And I want to, I want to share something with you. I want to give you guys a free resource in the form of an audio book that will provide you with stories and teachings that are in line with the things that you are trying to accomplish in your life. And you can get that free at Audible, audibletrial.com slash blessed. That's audibletrial.com slash blessed. And you can pick up a copy of Essentialism or Givers and Takers or any book that's on your heart. For free. So I want to invite you to do that. Well, the last thing I want to ask you, Aaron, and then we'll wrap up is maybe the, the most exciting question. And that is what's going on in your life these days. That's got you most excited, whether it be in your personal life, your ministry life, your business life, what has got Aaron Walker most excited these days?
1: I kind of have a singular focus right now. And I just wrote my first book. All right. And it's It's called view from the top and it's how to overcome challenges and struggles in your life and persevere through grit and determination, how you can center God in your life and you can live this life of success and significance that I'm talking about. I tell many, many stories about overcoming bitterness I go into great detail about the automobile accident and how I overcame that, and I give you my journey from 13 years old until now, telling about the businesses I've owned and some of the success tips that hopefully will be beneficial to you. So View From the Top is the name of that book, and you can go to my website, viewfromthetop.com, and find a link there to buy the book if you're interested in it. That has
0: really, really got me excited right now, Jay. That sounds exciting. Viewfromthetop.com so we can check out the book and even get a copy there.
1: Absolutely. You know, I know we're about to leave, and I want to encourage your listeners on two fronts, if I may. Sure. One is, as I told you earlier, I had a little gift for you. and if Oh, you'll good. Go to I'm view... glad you men- remembered yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. If you'll go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash blessed, all in lowercase letters, there are three documents that I've taken the price off of and I want to give you. One of them is a personal assessment. We talked about that earlier. The second one is called What do I want? Most people, Jay, don't know what they want. I ask people all the time if geographically and financially you were not hindered or limited, what would you do with your life tomorrow? Most people can't answer that question. There's not a right or wrong answer. There's just 25 probing questions to help you understand how to live a proactive life instead of a reactive life. And then I wrote steps to a productive day. It's a word document that you can use each day to be more productive. Once you understand who you are and what you want, this will help you obtain it. So if you'll go there and do that. When I was little, Jay, my mom would not allow me to say the word can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do this, but you're going to try. And she had a little saying, it was can't couldn't do it, but could, did it all. You need to have a can-do attitude. If it's in your spiritual walk, if it's in your business, personal development, whatever it is, have a can-do attitude. And the second thing that holds most people back is fear. They're afraid of something, and oftentimes it's failure, which I don't believe in. I think you either succeed or you learn. But I tell people to fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And if you will have a can-do attitude and adopt fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure, you'll have a successful and significant life like you can't describe.
0: Yeah, I love that. I tell you what, I need to have a tweet account going, Aaron. I mean, you just said <laughs> you said, <laughs> well, such, "Open you up a Twitter account." Jay, I know my my, my buddy's tweeting, but buddy. giving me a hard time that I don't have a Twitter tweeter well, account. Get you one, <laughs> man. I love I love that. And you know what else I love that you said. Something you said it like this motivation. Let's see, motivation without a plan is like a bottle rocket without a stick. <laughs> that, I mean, that's a good visual. You know, I'm my granddaughter, guy. I took
1: my granddaughter Christmas shopping last night, and she goes, She's, you know, young, she's in second grade, and she goes, Big A, why do you have all these country sayings? <laughs> yeah. I said, Because I'm country, honey. That's why. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it, man. I like our time together today, Aaron. Been fun, Jay. Thank I you, hope, buddy. I, I appreciate hope, you having me. Oh, my, my pleasure. I hope it's been a, a blessing to you. I know it's been a blessing to me, and I and I hope and pray it's been a blessing to man. our community here. Been awesome, buddy. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Blessed Nation, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show, hanging out with Aaron, myself, allowing us to be your guide through this episode of your blessed life. I want to leave you with this. If you are a listener to the show, this isn't going to surprise you, but I hope that it'll bless you. And that is this. Remember that God loves you.